I'm so thankful to the Lord for that, that I heard that message that night and it just really gripped my heart. Roxanne worked second shift, which meant getting home late every night. But one evening was different. Instead of her favorite rock station, she found Focus on the Family on the radio. I didn't find out until sometime later that I actually, you know, got saved or born again or, you know, gave my heart to the Lord that night. I just knew that I prayed the prayer at the end. So I just, you know, was probably by that time, almost 1230, it would take me about half of an hour to drive home and just driving in my car, crying and filled with peace and joy and, and just feeling the presence of the Lord. It was wonderful. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Roxanne's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family and invest in this ministry. Call 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. want what's best for your child, and sometimes that means you discipline your son or daughter. But how do you balance being firm in that discipline and also reassuring your child that you still love them? I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting team here at the ministry. And Danny, um, there's no one size fits all. There are different approaches. But I've heard you speak in terms of some general principles Mm -hmm. uh, that you employed uh, with your own children, especially when they were younger. What were one or two principles that you used? Yeah, we definitely used timeouts uh, when it made sense at, a, at an earlier age to, to help them stop and learn to think about what has happened, and then we'd come back and, and talk about those. We used a family celebration as well to have goals in place, and as we did that, we celebrated times when we did behaviors well. And uh, we also did the losing of privileges. And I remember this one time, John. It was, it was a, uh, an interesting moment where my son grabbed his toy and just whacked Lexi with his toy. And we had already corrected that behavior, taking the toy away, and it clearly wasn't working with this one particular toy. It had become so important to him. If she touched it, boom, she, he'd hit. So I had to remove it, and I said, son, if, if I need to, I'll throw this away because I really want your heart to learn how to love people. And he just looked at me with his eyes wide mm-hmm. open. And uh, it was a great moment for us to connect. He's yeah. going, no, Daddy, no, Daddy. I said, I'm going to put it away for a couple of days. We'll try one more time. And I want you to know that that's what's going to happen. And uh, he was he was about four. Uh, that's, and That's a big thing for a four-year-old to grab onto. Yes, but he did remember it. Ah. And he said, Dad, that, that was helpful, but I, I felt mad at the moment. Ah, sure. That was good. That was good for him to, mm-hmm. to know that. It's okay to be upset with that moment. So those are just a few examples of the way that we uh, tried to correct in the moment the yeah. way it made sense for him. Well, online we'll have 101 ways Danny disciplined his kids, a short list of, no, we, we don't have that. But we do have resources like uh, one from Dr. Gary Chapman. He was speaking with Jim and Jean Daly, sharing about how to handle discipline in a loving way, how to bring that balance. And uh, here's part of that conversation. Let's move into a little love and discipline discussion. In your book, you wrote, Disciplining a Child Without Love is Like Trying to Run a Machine Without Oil. And that's a great illustration. Uh, it appears to be working for a little while, but then the engine seizes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Describe that. Yeah, I think uh, all of us as parents have to discipline our children. It means we have guidelines. We can call them rules. We can call them principles. We can call them guidelines. And we have consequences when they break the guidelines. And that's a necessary part. God does that for us. In fact, the Bible says he disciplines all of his children. 
If you don't get disciplined, you don't belong to God. So as parents, we model God in doing that. But discipline without the child feeling love comes across as harsh. Mm. And so one of the things I say is before you administer the discipline, speak their love language, wrap it in their love language. Let's say words of affirmation is their language. Let's say the rule is we don't throw the ball inside the house. If we do, the ball goes in the trunk for two days. And if you break something, you have to pay for it out of your allowance, okay? So the child breaks the law. The parent says, honey, I'm so proud of you because seldom do you break the rules. But you know you broke this one. And you know what has to happen, right? Their head's down and they're nodding. Yes, okay. I'm feeling good. So, so let's go to the car <laughs> and we put it in the trunk. And I don't know how much the vase costs, but we'll have to take it out of your allowance. But, but listen, I'm so proud of you because yeah. you seldom do this. That child walks away feeling this is fair because they already knew what the punishment was going to be. When you have a rule, always tell them what's going to happen if they break the rule beforehand. They already know that, and they feel this is fair. But if you simply go in there and say, I told you not to do that. You know better than that. You know, now, you know what's going to have to happen. Now the child walks away feeling like, you know, I try hard, I mess up on one thing, and I get blasted. Or I'm worthless. Yeah, I'm worthless. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we can't allow our emotional state at the time to control our behavior. Mm. And if we wrap it in love, the child feels like it's fair, they accept it in the way you, you want it to be. Uh, Gary, I remember a time I disciplined Trent, and uh, he went to his room, and I went up afterward, and I was going to affirm him. I'm doing good so mm-hmm, far, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he wouldn't speak to me. He was probably eight, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And I said... Um, are you upset? And he shook his head, yes, you know, with one nod, bang. Yeah. Yes. And then I said, can you talk with me? And he went, no, <laughs> and shook his yeah. head that way. And I said, can you write what you're feeling? And he shook his head, yes. So I went and got a pen and paper and I gave it to him and I said, how do you feel when I discipline you? And I remember he wrote, it feels like you don't love me. Yeah. yeah. So what was he expressing to me? I think he was expressing his emotional response at the moment. And I think what you did was great. I would not have thought about the pencil paper thing, but I like that. Mm. Because it gave him, he could not talk at that moment about it. Right, he, he was, was too, not going to. He was to. too upset to do that. Yeah. But yes, he could write out what he's feeling. And I think what we have to be thinking of in terms of parents when we're disciplined is, how does this come across to my child? Does it come across as this is a, I'm doing this because I love you? Because all discipline should be flowing out of our love. We're letting them learn a tremendous principle in life that when we break the rules, there's consequences to breaking the rules. Yeah. So we're teaching them something really, really important. But how does the way I'm delivering the discipline come across to them? Yeah, it's so And if true. it comes across in a negative way, they don't feel loved by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene, I think with Troy, it was hugs, right? We disciplined Troy and then the three times we had to discipline him because he, I mean, he just was never (laughs) outside the boundaries typically. Right. He was one of those children that you just give that kind of look to, that that disappointed look, and that was enough. But I will say with uh, our oldest son, it was more challenging. And, you know, honestly, for a lot of us parents... We are not calm when they have done whatever it is for the umpteenth time. You're 
frustrated. You're really frustrated. You're not feeling unconditional love. And Dr. Chapman, that's why I love that you talk about this. It's just so important for us as parents. We've got to find that way to calm ourselves down before we discipline the child. And whether it's taking three deep breaths or taking, I I learned of a mommy timeout. I love that one. <laughs> love that. You can't Please do that. Please send me to timeout. Yes, yeah. you can't do that if you have a three-year-old yeah. that needs yeah. to be watched. But that's really the crux of it yeah. is that we can calm down. And as you talked about, keep in mind, what, why are we wanting to discipline them? Well, Danny, uh, in the conversation, we heard about the importance of being calm. Uh, I am the adult in the room, although, boy, have I needed to remind myself of that just verbally. What have you found are some ways to kind of take a moment, uh, slow down, and, and to use a phrase that you used, let your brain catch up to your emotions? There's, there's one moment I still remember vividly when my daughter melted the crock pot on, uh, over the burner. <laughs> and it was the most inconvenient time. She had a friend over. And she said, "Oh no!" And as I came in, it was it was melted on the you know the stovetop, oh. and it just it was a mess. I was very upset because she had been careless. She was trying to be, she was kind of hyper in the moment. And I remember grabbing a glass of water, just looking at what had happened. I grabbed a glass of water, and I just stared out the window and kept drinking. I just I drank water and just stared out the <laughs> out the window. And I'm going, "Where's my brain?" It's it's oh, out wow. there running around, and I was picturing me just chasing my brain around, going, what, what is going to be the most helpful way to correct this and step into this place where I am very upset with what just happened? What and I wanna, presence of mind. I want to do this well, right? Yeah. So, so I turn around, and I look at her, and I could see in her eyes, she was going, I feel really bad. And so she already felt it inside, and I stopped. I was going to say something out of emotion, and I said, well— this will make a great memory someday, and let's let's take a picture because the art you made here is amazing. And uh, I mean, you'll have to buy a new crock pot, and we'll figure that one out. Mm-hmm. I knew that the relationship needed this moment where she could trust me as I as I guided her. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I'll we'll take a walk if there's a need for correction. But really, it's about the goal. What are we trying to accomplish? And there have been moments where. I've had a reactive moment, and I've had to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry. My emotions spilled out. I didn't know how to handle that moment. And that, this isn't about being perfect as a parent, but really maintaining that goal, much like if you're working out, the goal of wanting to teach your child how to manage their emotions, their behaviors, their desires, and while maintaining your relationship, and it's going to be imperfect along the way. Yeah, that's well, really good. And... Uh... I do hope that this episode has been a benefit to you, especially if you're in the trenches with younger kids, because that seems to be when the emotional responses can be the strongest. Uh, we have so much here at the ministry to help you, and uh, we've got resources on discipline, and uh, articles, videos, so many different helps. And uh, what I'd like to do is invite you to be a part of the support team so this ministry can continue to reach out and support and encourage parents. Uh, make a gift, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount today to the work here at Focus on the Family. And we'll say thank you by sending a copy of Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages of Children. Uh, we've got details in the show notes uh, to donate, to find the book, and to find other resources. Next time, more from the dailies and Gary Chapman about 
uh, speaking your child's love language. And for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.